I never talk about this with anyone. Um, you are the first people to hear about this, actually. <laughs> this is the HuffPost Love and Sex Podcast. Each episode, we ask a single question. To find the answers, we speak with experts and listeners like you. This podcast contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. I'm Noah Michelson. And I'm Karina Kolodny. This week's question is, what do you need to know before you try anal sex? This week's episode was inspired by Sarah, one of our listeners who hails from North Carolina and who you heard at the top of the show. It's kind of exciting because now we're getting people to write in and in ask questions. And so this came literally from one of our listeners. But we've been talking about anal, and I think actually the whole country, the whole world has sort of been talking about anal more and more. And so I was interested in, in hearing from other people, but also just tackling this topic. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, anal sex has been around forever, but I do agree with you that it's kind of coming to the forefront in this huge new way now. It's like the world and the mass media at large just discovered it. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously, queer people have been having anal for a long time. And straight people have been too. It's just that I don't think straight people have been talking about it. So it's kind of cool to hear straight people actually, you know, admitting that they're having it too and that it's pleasurable and it's not this sort of dirty, dirty deed. Well, and I think it speaks too to how far, you know, the LGBT and queer community has come because for so long it wasn't embraced or talked about because I think it was just associated with being gay. And that was something that people wanted to disassociate themselves with. And I think there's still a lot of that. And we'll probably talk about that more. But I think, you know, I think it'd be harder to find a straight guy who would admit that he likes getting anal. Oh, receiving it? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But it's still, it's happening. Right. More and more. Yeah, there are definitely no shortages of perspectives here and really interesting perspectives. Our listener, Sarah, actually experienced an orgasm from anal sex. And we want to hear her talk a little bit more about that. With uh, the first time I had sex with like anal sex was so I I was actually um, sleeping and then um, he came and kind of like woke me up and I would normally like just like blow him off or something no I'm sorry not blow him off like um, not like tell him to go to sleep or something. <laughs> Uh, but I was pretty horny that day, so I just decided to go with it. And then he kind of suggested that he didn't want normal weight. And then I said, this is going to take a while, and it's already midnight, so are you really willing to go for it? Because this is going to take a while for me, because I've never really done this. And he was like, yeah, sure, I'm, you know, I'm okay with it. So we got... Lots of lube. And then I think since it took a while and we used, you know, uh, fingers first, and then we tried the actual uh, penetration, I think that is exactly why I got the orgasm because I was constant, constantly um, being like, I guess this spot inside of me was <laughs> being constantly being touched or, you know, with whatever, fingers or the penis. And then um, and then I came. And that was really a huge surprise for me because I had never, ever come, ever, inside, like without clitoris stimulation. We're going to talk to some experts. What are your main questions? What do you want to know about what you experienced? Uh, 
I want to know why, um, what part of me got like stimulated for that to happen. Um, yeah, I just want to know like why and why did it happen like that, like through anal sex and why does it happen through the normal way? You know, one of the things I think beyond just the idea of the anal orgasm, which I think is probably new for a lot of people, that you can have an orgasm from anal sex, um, is also just this, I love that she's being so open about it and that she wanted to talk about it. And, she, you know, she had this orgasm and she's like, how do I get it back? And let's talk about it. No, talk about someone taking control over their body and their pleasure and articulating what they want. And when they can't find what they want, trying to find the information that they can to do something about it. Yeah. There's... It sounds cliche, but there's nothing more inspiring to me because we hear about misinformation and people that don't have information and people that have terrible orgasms all the time. So, Yeah, and I think especially, too, with anal sex is because we don't talk about it that much, especially when straight people don't talk about it and people think, why would a woman want to have anal sex? So it's like it's, it's even more important that we're getting the right information out there and that we're getting people, you know, you actually, you can't just spit on the hole and like plunge in, you know, no, it's I, things like that. I can't tell you the amount of women who have said to me like, or made some sort of side comment, like, well, anal is just for the guy. Like, right. That's just like a favor that I do for my boyfriend. And like, well, of course it hurts. Of course this. Yeah. And you're just sitting there thinking, if only what? you knew. Yeah, exactly. And why would you, you know, it, I mean, it just paints a bigger picture, too, because why would you consent to something that was painful for you? Like, oh, yes. this is just a favor I do. Like, OK, like, no, that's, yeah. that's not how sex should work. So obviously you and I have a lot to say about anal, but we also wanted to get a real expert on this. So I went to Babeland to meet with Claire Kavanaugh. Here's something you can decorate your ass with. And you know Claire very well. I do, and I know Babeland very well. Yeah. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Babeland is one of the oldest sex-positive sex stores in the United States. They are amazing. It's kind of like usually when I would go to a sex store, like in college, I would feel so creepy and dirty going into it. And when you go into Babeland, everyone's so welcoming and basically just wants to show you everything they know. I think of it as the Apple store of sex stores. It, that's a, it's clean. Yeah. It's just the, like, the best products. Right. Nothing's dusty or gross. Yeah. And they have a wealth of knowledge. It's the type of place where someone walks up to you and asks, what are you looking for? What are you interested in? Right. And it doesn't feel like, oh, why would I talk to you about this? I just want to get my thing and go. Yeah, it's one of those places where you can leave your trench coat and your fedora at home. You don't have to be incognito. So we chatted with Claire about anal sex and kind of what you need to know if you're going to get started. What's What should someone who's looking to start having anal sex know? Well, they're First of all, they are in good company and they're completely normal and it's, you know, a common thing to want to do. Um, and the thing about anal sex is that there are a few things to know about how to do it to make it more fun and safer. And uh, those things are, well, the, the three things that we emphasize are relaxation, communication, and lubrication, which is important. Um, so, it, you know, your the anus is kind of sensitive. You know, it can be clenched up if it's not romanced into being, you know, relaxed. So that's really important. It's like, you know, it's, it's serious. Like you, you don't want, you could experience pain if you don't relax your butthole to begin with. And, um, and communicating if you're with a partner, that's just very, it's the key to re the relaxation. So you need to be open about how you're feeling, tell them what they need to know about how you're feeling, 
and that person needs to really respect what you're saying. So it's really important. And then lubrication, some people think that it's okay to go ahead and just have sex without, like with a little spit, you know, that's really not uh, the way to go. It doesn't last, it's, um, it's convenient, but it is not the right uh, liquid for the job. So bottled lube or any kind of, you know, commercial lube, um, there are better lubes and less good lubes, but you can't use your spit. Just don't even do that. So lubrication, very important. It's not self-lubricating. So what role can toys have in helping people learn about um, having anal sex? Well, toys are, in this case, really helpful in a lot of ways. They're, they not only like get, allow you to do uh, you know, different sorts of activities, like hands-free sort of anal stimulation and such. But if you look at them, they actually can teach you about what the anus likes and what you can do with it. Like a typical butt plug, like your fingers are like nature's little sex toys, you know, so you can always start with your finger and, um, and it feels really intimate and nice, you know, and you can also experience the, what is happening with the anus with your finger. Um, but if you want you know, hands-free fun, you can get a butt plug, which is typically shaped like sort of like a lava lamp. You know, it's like a little tip that's small, like it's wider, so uh, your, your anus has to relax around that. And then it closes around the little neck part, and then it's in. And, um, and it's there... You can feel it in your ass while you're doing other stuff. And then you, as your ass relaxes around it, it's just, it kind of almost dis- disappears. It can, unless it's vibrating or doing something specific like that. But um, so that's one shape that sort of tells you about the, the asshole, like that it expands and contracts and will hold a butt plug. Um, and then the rippled ones, we should take a look. Can yeah, we see? Um, there are the other really common typical butt shape is uh, reminds you of anal beads like these these are you know reconstructed anal beads they're not just like string and you know painted plastic balls and that's how what we used to sell in fact 20 years ago but these are uh, silicone flexible graduating size anal beads and so that sort of tells you that the butt really likes to open and close you know like as you have your orgasm if your you know butt's opening and closing like you're slowly carefully taking out the the string of beads it feels great it can really um heighten your orgasm let's then go to pegging talk to us about pegging which is you know a woman who is penetrating a man um how does that work what do you guys have for people who want to do it well, pegging sort of came out of the closet. I mean, I think that guys have always wanted women to fuck them in the ass, but it came out of the closet in, you know, the late 90s, early aughts. And uh, Dan Savage came up with, it was sort of like a campaign, like let's name it because it's real. And pegging was what won the contest. And so now people call it pegging um, routinely. And um, yeah, as you said, it's the... It's a man getting penetrated by a woman and really fucking. It's not just like fingers and, you know, foreplay. It's like doing the deed to the straight guy in the ass with a dildo. So we have um, harnesses and dildos just for anybody who wants to penetrate anybody. Um, Some of the main dildos that I think are most popular for anal play are, are thinner, longer, you know, less of a kind of a challenge. A lot of folks don't really want like a super representational one. Um, so they want that feeling of, of thrusting and penetration and fullness, but, um, you know, in a sort of a more abstract 
designy sort of way. Um, so yeah, so we have that. We have um, vibrating dildos, any kind of harness you could ask for. Um, and that's, we sell a lot of that stuff. And in fact, our anal sex, how to have anal sex, um, how to web page is our most hit part of our site. Like beyond the blowjob, how to, have a, how to give a blowjob one, which is actually our, our most popular um, workshop. A lot of people will come to find out how to give a blowjob, but the anal sex uh, people who are interested in that go to the web. Let's get back to Sarah, our listener who wrote in about her experience with anal sex. So what happened since that night? Are you guys still having anal sex? Yes, I love it. And we don't do it that often. Like, actually, that happened uh, less than two years ago. Now that I think I think it happened probably, yeah, like less than two years ago. And um, I think probably we've done it like 10 times since then. It's not really that often for me because... I, I mean, I started reading about it and then I saw like all these horrible um, stories <laughs> um, and uh, about like, you know, the person, I don't know, like poop coming out or something like that. And I was just terrified of that happening to me. So whenever we want to try it, I like make sure that I'm fully ready and comfortable for that. And... I mean, the last time was probably like three weeks ago or something. It was awesome. Glad it was awesome, but the mystery remains. What has made Sarah's orgasm so elusive? We got Dr. Jana on the case. I'm Jana Vrangalova. I'm an uh, adjunct professor of human sexuality at NYU. So um, Sarah is one of our listeners, and she wrote in, and she experienced an orgasm for the first time during anal sex. Wow. Yeah. Um, For the first time ever. Yeah. So she was really kind of amazed by that. And she's wondering why that happened. So I guess we can start there if you want. And if you can sort of generally speak to that, why do you think that happened? I mean, there's, it's definitely not impossible, right? The, the um, anus has so many nerve endings, and it can be highly pleasurable to um, have stimulation there of, of any uh, kind. It is also likely that uh, it, you know, pushes sort of on the G-spot, perhaps, pushes on other areas that, that feel good. And so, you know, each person, each body is wired slightly differently. You know, we all have the same parts, more or less, but they're kind of all connected differently. And so, um, you know, depending on which nerves hit exactly where, someone is going to feel more pleasurable in one position than another. And so, in this case, that's that's just how it worked out. It's, it's not at all unusual. Um, people do report anal orgasms. Now, um, they often go hand in hand with other types of stimulation, right? So it's not just the uh, the anal penetration. They're usually maybe um, getting their clitoris stimulated or uh, some vaginal stimulation. So it can be a combination of the two, but it, there are many reports of people just having an orgasm just purely from anal sex. Yeah, I definitely even heard of guys, you know, who mm-hmm. get penetrated and say that they can have a quote-unquote hands-free um, mm-hmm. orgasm as well just from getting fucked. Yeah, yeah, happens. So yeah. It, it happens in women. For, for men, there's an additional, right, there's the prostate that gets stimulated through um, anal intercourse. But it's kind of maybe similar with the G-spot in women. Again, it really depends on how everything is positioned and, and um, wired with, with the nerve endings. 
she also said, so Sarah told us that she hasn't had an orgasm since then. Is there something that she can, her boyfriend can do or that she can do to sort of recreate this? Or is there something that she should be trying that she isn't doing? Are they having more anal sex? Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are and it hasn't happened, huh? Yeah. I mean, that's really tough to know, you know, without actually knowing the, the people and what they're doing and then how exactly that happened. So it could have been the exact position that she was in. It could have been uh, it was just the right kind of uh, level of, of arousal just in general, mm-hmm. um, something that happened just before that, that right. kind of pushed her pushed her close to the edge. And then, you know, whatever the anal stimulation was, pushed her over the edge. So, it, I mean, keep keep trying, keep doing a lot of the different things that make people come, you know. One one thing I wondered, though, too, is I think that, you know, anal sex is still sort of forbidden for some people mm. or, you know, people don't have it as much. So I wonder if maybe just psychologically, I think orgasms probably have a lot to do with psychology as well. And, and so if you're doing something that maybe you think you shouldn't be or if you're trying something new, that could probably add to it as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. That totally adds to the excitement. You know, if you're doing something that's forbidden for, for some people, that in and of itself, that is a turn on. So, um, yeah, maybe kind of getting into that same um, headspace would would make a difference. Um, but it's funny. I mean, anal sex has been becoming slowly more and more mainstream, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, 20 years ago, it was only about like 10 or 20 percent of women who'd, who say they, um, they'd ever tried it. Uh, in a recent nationally representative sample of U.S. adults, uh, about 40% of women said that they had done it at least once. And then um, about 20% had done it in the last uh, month or two. Among partnered women, right, that was up to like 30%. So this is something that more and more people are doing. It's not the majority, but it is becoming something that kind of becomes part of the repertoire of sexual behaviors that people are engaging in. So Dr. Jean is saying that more people are having anal sex now than ever before. Yeah. Do you think more people are having it or do you think more people are admitting to having it? I think both. I think that people are really scared of having it before because it seemed so frightening and they weren't even trying it. And so I think people are definitely having more of it or at least, you know, willing to experiment with it. Also, it's it's on TV. Did you see the Broad City episode where... You know, there was pegging, and I saw that movie, The Kingsman. The last joke of the end of that movie is all about anal sex. Like, I'm kind of shocked at how often we're now seeing anal sex pop up in mainstream culture. Well, in anal activities in general. I mean, look at girls and, like, the super controversial scene. Right. With, yeah. I mean. Exactly. Analingus, yeah. anal sex, all of that. I feel like the taboo is starting to go away. But, you know, I think there's still a lot of misconceptions about how you have anal sex, what happens during anal sex. And I think there's still people who are really scared of it. So we should probably figure out, you know, try and do some myth busting. Let's do it. What do you think some of the most common misconceptions are about anal sex? What do people get wrong? What do people get wrong about anal sex? I think probably my number one would be that it hurts. And in fact, it can hurt. Uh, but it shouldn't hurt. And and that's the first thing I, t- I tell people when I talk about anal sex, that if it hurts, you're not doing it right. It's not supposed to hurt. It may be a little uncomfortable. Um, you know, it might feel a little tight. But if you're doing it right, which means go very, very slow, use lots of lube, you know, don't try to put 
a very big penis or dildo straight away, you know, start with something small, start with, a, you know, a finger or a very small uh, butt plug or something like that and, and slowly open up the, the sphincters, then it shouldn't hurt. Um, and so I think that's number one. Probably the, the num- number two is that it's going to be messy no matter what. Mm-hmm. And people have this idea that it's going to be like really, really, really messy. Um which, again, can happen sometimes, but uh, most of the time it doesn't happen. Or if there is a, a mess, it's kind of a, a little bit of a mess. And um, most people who are willing to, I guess, try it, they're okay and should be okay with the possibility of that happening. But it's, it's, it's not going to be a, a, you know, a huge brown mess every time. Right. <laughs> I think in one of our other podcasts I told you about I had an incident with the brownie batter, as I referred to it. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that I was only that. one time, and yep. I haven't I haven't seen that again. So, and you've had a lot of anal sex. And, I have you know, in the meantime, exactly. I so mm-hmm. I think I think you're right. Um, I think another thing that we hear a lot about is people saying, "I'm really worried that I'm going to hurt myself or stretch my asshole out so far that it won't go back." What are some of the dangers to having anal sex, and what are some of like the myths that really people shouldn't have to worry about that? Yeah, that is one myth that um, that we do hear. You know, it's going to stretch and it's going to stay open, and I'm right. going to be incontinent for the rest of my life. And that really doesn't happen with any normal amount of s- sort of anal sex or um, sort of um, uh, regular size penises or or dildos. Uh, I mean, we have stuff pass out of there all the time. And so as long as the stuff that goes in is sort of the same size, um, you know, it's not going to uh, stay stretched out (laughs) for the rest of your life. Um, That is a possibility with people who uh, specifically go for uh, stretching uh, the the anal opening with things that are much, much larger Mm -hmm. than uh, sort of uh, regular size. Right, you hear like traffic cones and things right, like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So in those cases, things may happen and it, it would, but it, re, it would require a lot of anal sex a lot of the time with these uh, really massive objects. Now, that being said, if you don't go slow, if you don't use enough lube, if you try to stick um, things that are kind of sharp or have sharp edges, obviously there can be tearing. The the um, uh, the anal um, area is very sensitive. It's very easy to tear or break. And so, you know, go slow, use lots of lube, no sharp edges. Um, right. I mean, I definitely know people who have taken like two dicks at the same time even. Oh, yeah. I, I think the asshole is obviously a very elastic thing. Mm-hmm. And as long as you said, like you said, if you're going slow, you're sort of being careful and uh, it doesn't hurt, you should probably be okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we see double anal and, you know, triple anal even uh, right. more and more in porn. Which is much more, I would have to say, a party trick, I think, than actually fun. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's like... There's a lot of maneuvering that has to happen. Right. And, you know, it's not like an easy thing to do. Yeah. And you probably can't sustain that for very long. No. You can't be comfortable. I mean, I don't have any personal experience with right. that, but it doesn't seem like, yeah, you want to do that sort of for pleasure or that anyone yeah. can maybe come in that position. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like you, you do it and you say you did it once. Right. right. But I'm to not check sure. Check it off the list. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure it's something that it's your go to position. <laughs> right. You know. So, Noah. 
traffic cones? You know, is that just just, just your imagination or I don't a personal? Know. I'm trying to do, to remember if I've actually seen a porn where that happened, or if it is just like my imagination turning it into reality. But I know it's happened. It sounds like one of those stories that like an ER nurse tells you, you know, it, like about totally. like the worst thing she's ever seen. Yeah, or like a you know sat on a watermelon. Or but I did date a guy who was really into anal, and he wanted me to fist him, and I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it because. I had this vision of myself like getting my fist in there and then opening my hand because I freaked out. And then he's just like, you know, my hand is like or in his guts and he's dead. So we didn't ever do it. And it's such a vulnerable act. And I think that that's the truth for a lot of anal play is because it's been so sort of off limits. It's very vulnerable. And I, I think you do have to kind of go into it. With, you have to trust the person. And, and I don't know. Well, and I think you have to like in my mind, every other sex activity, mm. like kind of realize that like there are kind of icky elements to it. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, sex is all about passing body fluids. Right. And the only reason we can get over that in our minds, I think, is because we have this like we're turned on by it where, yeah. you know, it does things for us. But if you really think about any sex act, like there's nothing super sexy about it. It's true. And I think that porn is actually I think porn has been a double edged sword for us because I think porn is actually educated a lot of people and and let them see that other people do do these things but at the same time porn exists in this weird vacuum where there are no weird sounds there are no weird smells no one ever there's no you know there's no poo ever you know so uh, that's not the reality and so i think if people are getting all their information from porn and watching anal porn and people are getting fucked with watermelons you know that's not the reality that's not how it works but at least you know people do do this thing and you should try it yourself but you have to be realistic about it Right. And smart. I mean, it sounds like we got a lot of really good advice in terms of taking it slow and, and using lube and... Yes. Keep it wet. Going incrementally. I would not recommend anyone ever use a traffic cone. No. Or a watermelon, which Noah seems to also be fixated on. Right. But also at the same time, if you want to use a traffic cone or a watermelon, and that's something you can do comfortably and safely, I think it's about getting rid of the stigma in general, you know, and and that's the big thing about anal sex is that we need to get to a place where it's not stigmatized in any way. Fisting shouldn't be, analingus shouldn't be, toys shouldn't be, uh, whatever makes you feel good. I think that's ultimately what our podcast is about too, you know, is that we're trying to demystify these things for people and, and just talk about pleasure. So start putting things up your butt. That's the bottom line, I think. The bottom line. <laughs> if you want to. I think mean, the other to. thing is like we see trends in sex and everyone feels like, oh, I have to try this. I have to go do it. Exactly. Or they feel pressured by their significant other. No. And this is the type of thing where it's like if if it's just too much for you to wrap your head around, yeah. that's okay. Or, you know, start with a tongue. Start with a pinky. Like there are ways you can dip your toe, so to speak, into the anal pool and it doesn't have – you don't have to just, you know, jump on and start writing right away. Right. Hey, if you're into it, do it. I wouldn't stick your toe in, though. That's it for this episode of HuffPost Love and Sex. Thanks to our producer and editor, Caitlin Baguki, our audio engineer, Brad Shannon, and our production assistant, Jorge Corona. Please let us know what you think of the show, especially if you have an idea for an episode or want to share your story. You'll find us on Twitter with the handle at HuffPostPodcast. Or send us an email. Our address is loveandsexpodcast at huffingtonpost.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. And subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. It helps other people discover the show. 
And please click those gold stars. If we get more of them, HuffPost has promised to buy us matching gold butt plugs. <laughs> oh, our next show will be about the orgasm, life's greatest pleasure. So prepare your O faces, people. And be sure to tune in. Thank you.